listening to the MS Mobile Show. This is the podcast for the Microsoft Mobile Enthusiast. This is episode 80. My name is Vernon E.L. Smith, and I am joined by longtime friend of the show, Aaron Hall, who has graciously agreed to join me as the next new, the new, <laughs> the new regular co-host. Aaron, how are you doing today, man? I am actually kind of exhausted today. Uh, past couple of weeks have been very busy for me and my wife, but uh, doing very well though, so that's a good thing. Good. I am. I too am exhausted, and I think the reasons that both you and I are exhausted are very similar, and we will most definitely talk about that later in the episode. We do want to say that today's episode is brought to you by a great sponsor. And at the end of the episode, we'll be sharing all about why we are thrilled to be working with them. As we change up the, the format of the show, uh, we want to make sure that we get you some really valuable content right away, especially if you are only listen to two minutes of the show, we want you to get something out of it. So we're going to do the tip of the episode. So this piece of information can help you if you use, well, this product. My tip of the episode, our tip of the episode is how to open two instances of OneNote, to use two instances at the same time. It isn't incredibly different, difficult, but it is something that people tend to forget, and it can be incredibly valuable for, um, for someone, well, someone doing that. Aaron, what would be a, a reason that you would want to do this? Well... I can think of quite a few reasons. Uh, number one, if you're working, you know, in at work or at home on multiple documents, maybe you've got a uh, creative project you're working on at home, or maybe you're at work, uh, need to collaborate with on multiple projects at once, or you need information from another document to pull into a new document that you're working on. Uh, there's a lot of cases like that where you'd want to do that. It's great uh, being able to open up a window side by side with another one, or if you're fortunate enough to have multiple monitors, uh, be able to drag a monitor or an application on one window and have that document open, open another document or project on another screen, and be able to have all that information visible all at once. It's just a great multitasking uh, functionality. Mm-hmm. Uh, one th- example I can think of is I have I've been on podcasts as a guest lately of several, and I will get the one the host notes sent to me, but I may also want to put in my own uh, either my questions or my answers on a separate fol- you know folder or tab or something like that. It isn't incredibly difficult to switch. Uh, between between uh, your your notebooks, but it is more difficult than just alt tabbing between like Excel documents, for example. And so that would be a reason to have a, a couple different ones open at once. Now I should say that at this time, only the desktop app one of of OneNote uh, is is the one you can do multiple instances of. And uh, well, Aaron, you have some feedback on that. Yes, as a matter of fact, uh, it's, it is a big common piece of feedback that the mobile apps are getting on for all of Office Mobile. Uh, OneNote in particular, I've reached out to one of the program managers and requested that numerous times, and he says that uh, it is definitely something they are discussing as a future option. Uh, obviously, no commitment yet because they haven't begun work on it yet, and uh, you know they can't commit to that yet, but. Uh, but he just says that they hear that very, very often, and as part of the um, uh, concept of, you know, better on Windows uh, that we've heard it often in the past, and sometimes you know, kind of, you're like, okay, yeah, right, whatever. But um, given their love for all the platforms these days, and then that's a good thing, of course. Uh, but the better on Windows mentality is something that they're especially still leaning towards on the Office mobile team. Um, You know, with the core apps, Word, Excel, PowerPoint, and OneNote uh, being kind of obvious targets and candidates for that. So um, hopefully that will, in fact, come true. Mm -hmm. Well, I do have a counter-argument, and I would say that there, there are reasons, at least at this time, that you can't open multiple instances of this. Even right now, when I have a couple couple instances of OneNote, the desktop app, open at once. That sounds like I said that twice. Um, it is, uh, I'm not saying that OneNote is a resource hog, but it is, 
when I open it up, I mean, I have, let me just see what I have right now. I think I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, nine, nine op- notebooks that are cached. I mean, I just, you know, they, they, they open up all at once. So they're cached, as I understand it. And someone can prove me wrong here. But also, I mostly just have text in there. And I still have, I still see it bogged down just a little bit. And I can imagine if you're putting a lot of things in there um, that are, especially if you're doing it on a tablet where you're drawing, you're switching between, and you're jumping to the other ones, doing more that way. I think that I can see how that could bog things down. Now, most people use the desktop OneNote application only on a desktop or on a you know on a full PC, mm-hmm. uh, and so using, and then we it's fair to say that many times uh, using the, the the I'm getting notifications here I'm getting distracted um, usually um, <laughs> using the app itself the mobile app is almost always on a mobile device which is almost always less powerful than a production you know a work machine. Now, Aaron, you may be an exception to that. Why don't you share your OneNote uh, use case scenario? Yep. So I actually use almost exclusively universal apps at this point. Uh, I don't even have the desktop version of Office installed anymore. Um, and, and so one of the things that I like about that experience is that it's a lot lighter weight. Uh, it doesn't have the memory footprint of the full desktop client. And they are constantly evolving it to add more functionality to it from the desktop client um, and you know more similar layouts and things of that nature but without adding in all of the traditional bloat that comes along with those legacy desktop applications and and you know there's a reason for that if you think about it uh, you know these desktop versions have existed for decades at this point and they were built on a more traditional desktop pc where you historically had a lot more memory, a lot more uh, processing power available to the user. So, you know, over the time, as those features evolved, they took advantage of that capability. On the mobile, obviously, they have to scale it down and be as optimized for performance and bandwidth and things of that nature. Um, so they, they've really kind of done a good job of streamlining it and optimizing it for the memory and CPU footprint but still having the ability to add and evolve those features as necessary. Now, in my situation, like I said, I exclusively use the mobile app at this point, uh, both on my Surface and on my uh, Windows phone, which is an HP Elite X3. We can talk about that more later. But, um, uh, but So I use those apps exclusively, and I do use the pen capability, uh, I will, you know, remove the surface from the the base and and use my pen to do ink notes, uh, both for work and personal, uh, using my own handwriting. And I love the handwriting recognition in Windows. Uh, it's the reason I got into tablets in the first place. Um, but so I I use inking and I use that handwriting recognition. But I do also type a lot of my notes. In fact, I, some of my notes uh, today. Uh, I keep a, a, a tracker of all the feedback that I have submitted for the Windows Insider program. I take those. Wow! You not only check. not only are you a busy person, you are doubly busy keeping track of what you're busy with. <laughs> yeah, well, I have to be because exactly that. I'm busy both with work and life and all that. My wife and I use OneNote to share, you know, our our shopping list and our schedules and with outlook calendars and things like that. So, you know, I, I, we really put this stuff to, to good use. Um, but yeah, I do a lot of type notes, handwritten notes, um, you name it. And I'm, I'm tracking, you know, build my windows insider feedback. I'm tracking my, um, and things like that. And I also track, um, you know, even just things, little things like inventory of all the movies and shows that I've bought and stuff. Nice. So, you know, that's cool. Well, I think your argument earlier about how the the mobile apps or the universal apps have been more streamlined for lower devices, I think in a way that's actually a much stronger argument than my argument against it. And of course, you always want to be able to have the option and not need it, then want the option and not have it. So uh, 
and again, I don't actually use two instances of OneNote very often. So I can see how having the, the option there in the Universal app is a great thing to look at to have that opportunity, that example. And um, you convinced me. Let's do it. <laughs> so let's actually give you the tip, listeners. If you want to open two instances of OneNote, the uh, desktop app, in, in, at this time at least, we'll see what happens eventually. It's uh, simple. Just uh, right-click on OneNote the ta- on the taskbar and drop down, uh, depending on where you're um, Just click on OneNote in the right-click menu. Yeah, just like in you know Word, Excel, PowerPoint, or like that. And, um, of course, if it's a touch device, it's a long press on it, and you pop up that menu. And I'm just going to throw in another quick little uh, shortcut. If you hold down the shift key on the keyboard while you single click on, you know, single left click on the taskbar icon, you will also trigger that same function of triggering a multiple instance. Oh, nice. So just a simple... Oh, so that actually launches yeah, it? So That's not just pulling up the menu? Yep, so shift uh, shift left click. Awesome. I will start doing that now. Cool. Well, that was a longer tip of the episode. We, we do want to provide value to you listeners, and I feel the rest of the episode will have value. At, maybe it'll be just more leaning towards the entertainment side. But I want to hear, every episode we want to have a mobile minute. You know, the ep- <laughs> This is the MS Mobile Show. We better stick with that a little bit. So for this episode, I want to hear about Aaron's HP Elite X3. We know this device is out there. We've heard plenty of people talk about it, but I want to hear Aaron's thoughts, and I want to hear how he uses this device. Everyone uses it a little bit differently. So just a little bit of a quick background on how I came across this device in the first place. Um, As most people who know me, are aware. Um, I am, have been a diehard Lumia guy since the Lumia brand was uh, first announced. Uh, in, in particular, uh, though, I actually like I went out of my way to drive to New York City for the launch of the Lumia 920. Um, and so, ever since all of that, I've I've been a big diehard Lumia guy. I've had almost every model they've released in the u.s and a couple of the international ones as well well real Um, quick then because it'll save time which models don't you have or haven't you know owned at one point um the 735 i never owned and the Um, the 925 maybe the 925 i did not own uh pretty much if it if it was a verizon exclusive i didn't own it so like three Um, three phones yeah (laughs) yeah basically three or four phones i didn't have Okay. Um, so anyway, I, I've been a heard Lumia guy, and unfortunately, you know, I, I went out day one. Of course, I picked up the 950 XL, and I loved that phone. It was fantastic, and and I know that it had a rough start with a lot of buggy, you know, with Windows 10 Mobile being unfinished at the time of its release, and all those little problems. But let me let me, f- me interject oh, really quickly. Is that that's a, been a running theme the past maybe two years, three years? It's tough to really put my finger on it when it started, but that yep. the Windows Phone devices they come out, and I'm not saying that they're necessarily good or bad, but they improve with time. The, the mm-hmm. updates are great, the feedback is great, even though the numbers are very small. And yes, many phones when they come out they have their initial hiccups, but just a few months in they're as good as they're going to get, and then it's downhill from there. Windows Phone, Windows Mobile is the opposite. They continue to get better until they're not really supported, which is still a relatively long life cycle, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and so, you know, in spite of some bugs early on, it did. A few firmware uh, updates later over the course of the first three or four months of its release and then uh, obviously the finishing up of the original Threshold 2 release with Windows 10 Mobile and uh, let's see, then there was, um, you know, anniversary update obviously came and has now been superseded with creator's update in the works. And, um, you know, it's it's gotten better and better and better. And that's not to say that it's perfect because, you know, we can always point to a long list of feedback items that we would love to see improved. But, but it's gotten progressively better and, and to the point where I feel like Windows 10 Mobile is 
almost as good as Windows 8.1 was, uh, with some a, a handful of glaring omissions, but for the most part, but their their lack of features, their you know? their lack, it's a lack in features, not necessarily yes. the the bugs at this point. Exactly. Not, not perfect, the per- but the the performance and stability is there. The functionality is maybe sometimes lacking still, depending on what you're referring to. But yeah, absolutely. And so, anyway, point is, I got the the uh, the Lumia 950 XL day one, and I've had it ever since. In fact, I bought three of the Mozo covers for it. I bought the black leather, I bought the um, red leather. And I got the um, the dark uh, wood uh, version of it. Did did you and get those three based on um, of what do you call it a style variation or because they uh, failed? Uh, no, I got those all because of just style variation and just I like to switch them up at you know almost at random, uh, at particularly the red leather and the uh, the wood uh, version and and so. I carried those around with me as my daily driver up until I want to say about two months ago now, um, and yeah, I think it was sometime there in early February. And so, what happened was I noticed one day that my 950XL was a little hot to hold, and not only that, as I tried to investigate why it was hot to hold. Um, I noticed that the back cover was starting to bulge. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. So I pulled the cover off and looked, and sure enough, my battery was beginning to swell. And of course, as we've all heard in the news uh, over the past six months or so, you know, they, anytime your battery swell, you start thinking of Galaxy Note 7 uh, with explosion risks, and you're like, oh my goodness, I need to get that replaced immediately. So, of course, I drove an hour up to my closest uh, um, Microsoft store, which I consider myself very fortunate to be close to one. Um, And so I went up there and I said, um, I've got this battery that is swelling and I'd like to get it replaced. And, of course, at the time of my purchase, I bought the Complete Care uh, protection from Microsoft. Well, as... Unluck or luck would have it, depending on your perspective. Uh, they did not have any batteries uh, for that phone. In fact, they had no Windows phones at all in the Microsoft Store except for the HP Elite X3. And on top of that, they couldn't even get the battery that I needed for it. Um, so they could, they couldn't even order one for me. And so the store manager happened to be there that morning and said that, well, you know what, since you've got the original receipt for it and you obviously proved that you purchased the complete care with it, um, we're going to do you a favor. We're going to refund you the entire purchase price, uh, original purchase price of the both the phone and the complete care, which... Yeah, which originally was 650 for the phone plus 100 for the complete, so you know 600 or $750. They refunded that, and they said that we that they you know they'll immediately pl- apply that as credit to the purchase of the Elite X3. I, I, which of, not to of be course, like semantics here, but like did they? Did they say just store credit, or were they very specific? Oh, we want you to get this phone. I'm curious how that went no, down. No, so they they were doing a complete refund. They said we cannot honor the the agreement of the complete care, and so we will completely refund you. What you use that for is completely up to you. But obviously, I needed a phone, and the choice I had was to either buy the Elite X3 or leave the store and with my refund and go buy, you know, something else, which for those who know me, I will hold on to my windows phones until the last phone (laughs) on the planet is gone and dead. So, um, and you know, that's just, that's just me and my choice. So, you know, I, um, obviously opted for the elite X three. Um, and so, you know, the other thing was I do have or did have a Lumia 650 as well. 
And so I happened to take it with me that day. Um, I, I don't even know why I took it with me. I just threw it in the car along with all my other boxes of Lumia stuff that I had left for the 950. And so I was like, well, how much will you give me if I turn in the, the 650 as well? Because, of course, I kept the receipt for it. Um, and they said, well, we'll give you whatever you bought it for. Well, I got it for 150 I think it was. Um, or 140 or something like that. Well, bottom line was I walked out with the Elite X3 with its, you know, with the the bundle with the 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 dock, the base dock, not the full laptop dock display dock, which because I would that, love to have. Because that costs um, an additional limb. Yeah, like five hundred and fifty dollars or six hundred dollars or something like that. It's ridiculous um, for what it is. And and don't get me wrong, I want one with really badly, but. Um, you know, I, I'm not willing to pay for that right now. Um, so anyway, I got the phone, got, got it home, unboxed it and everything. And you know what? I'm not going to lie. I love this phone. It has been, I, I, I'm not saying yet that definitively that it is the best Windows phone that I've had. Um, but it is definitely ranking up there with both the 920, um, in terms of just how it feels in my hand. You know, I, I feel like it's durable i don't feel like it's a cheap piece of plastic um and i love the fingerprint reader on it uh, uh so the 920 1020 or uh, 1520 and the um Icon? hp elite x3 oh. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna say that those are my four top picks uh for windows phones of all time and not necessarily in that order at this point um like i said i love the fingerprint reader on it uh, it, it's amazing how much you get used to that level of performance to activate not only power on but unlock your device at the same time. You tap your finger and then a second later, not even, the display is on and you're at your start screen and you're ready to go. Um, and so I, I really love that about it. Uh, the display dock is um, already connected up to my external monitor as well. Um, because I do use uh, continual mode quite a bit. Um, and, you know, just overall, I really love the performance of it. The stability of it is very good. Um, they HP has also committed to, you know, they've got a lot of businesses using it. So they've committed to supporting it. So they're releasing periodic firmware updates to improve stability and performance even further. Um, in addition to that, here at uh, CES show last month, they announced that uh, they were doing several accessories for it as well. So, I've, you know, I've, barcode scanners and all sorts of things. I have a it. question about the the dock itself, Continuum Dock. That obviously holds it in a in a vertical, you know, portrait orientation. Yes, and which I love. The past, yeah, and the past year, you've been using Continuum just plugged in, or you know, wirelessly laying flat. Uh, is is it a big difference for you? You said you love it, but why? Um, yeah, I I do because not only do I still get to see, I, I it's kind of like having your laptop connected to a, an extra monitor um, because I can still I can keep an application running, like for example Word or Excel, if I happen to be like I, I have my budget file in Excel uh, stored in OneDrive, and I'll open that up on the big monitor and be working on that. Um, but then on the phone, I will have the TweetIt app up and so that I can keep an eye on Twitter and stuff while I'm working and stuff. So I, I really like that capability of being able to do that um, and have that multifunction as a sec secondary monitor. Um, and I like the fact that um, it is upright so I can see you know notifications as they come in, text messages and things like that. Um, so and also it does make it easy so that I can reach up and and tap on it to interact or uh, using it as a mouse pointer and things like that. So um, I, I am a like I said a big Continuum user. I'm really really dying for them to um, you know do some improvements to Continuum. I, I really thought that um, based on original rumors that they were going to do more Continuum updates in Redstone Two with Creators Update, but uh, for whatever reason, it seems like those are either pushed back or delayed or whatever for Redstone 3. 
Um, hopefully that's the case, and we'll see some big d- improvements there. Aaron, so, what what do you see? How big of a difference did you notice as far as responsiveness? Uh, the 950XL with uh, 3 gig of RAM versus the HP Elite X3 with 4 gig? Um, application, you know, app load times, those are the biggest difference. Uh, you know, actually using the apps, you know, once the app is loaded and scrolling through or, or using stuff, not much of a difference. But load times are definitely faster on it. Uh, in fact, a good example is the Facebook app. As we all know, the Facebook apps on Windows 10 right now are very slow to load, um, particularly on mobile. Um, it loads in half the time of the 950XL, which isn't saying much because it still takes like 15 to 20 seconds instead of 30 to 45 <laughs> seconds. Um, but it does open faster, and you know this is a better is better situation so mm-hmm. um you know i can appreciate that other apps you know though like t- uh, tweet it and twitter and all those they open pretty much instant i if i see a loading screen it's for a fraction of a second and and that's it so nice. that's a lot different um also big improvement is app switching and resuming so you know if the phone goes to sleep with an app running when i wake up the phone it's there instantly there's no more resuming or loading screens uh, when I wake up, as long as it wasn't Facebook. That's so, really good. It's good to hear. So, yeah, I mean, the big big difference in performance, I think, overall. Nice. Well, we'll continue to hear more from you, I'm sure, in the coming episodes regarding uh, your ex- ongoing experience with that. And I'm really glad you kind of shared, you know, gave me a, a good angle, a different view onto that thing. And obviously, as well as I knew know you, Aaron, I know how how you use it. I really wanted to hear that continuum side to it. And, uh, that's really interesting. That's cool. So, all right, well, this is the part of the episode where we're going to cover the top news of the week or month or whatever it happens to be. Well, it's been quite some time since we've had multiple episodes out in, in a row. Uh, last episode you heard would have been uh, my interview with Kevin Harvell, which was, I had a great time with Kevin and we talked to, um, Mostly about the MS Mobile Show, which was kind of cool, and our the the journeys that both he and I had been taking, and also you heard a bit about Kevin things you probably had never heard before regarding him. Well, as we kind of catch listeners up, and also as Aaron and I kind of catch up from not really getting a chance to, I think Aaron, you were on um, maybe in September or something, or uh, I don't know, in August or September, you were on the MS Mobile Show, I think, and. Um, or no, I think oh, you were on, you were an MS Power user. That's what it was. That wasn't too yeah, long I, ago. I, yeah, that wasn't too long ago. That might have been December or January. Yeah, that's right. Not sure exactly when, but yeah. So as far as top news of the episode, we're actually going to talk about something that has nothing to do with mobile, but is still part of a very big part of our lives. Uh, recently, well, at least several months ago, my wife and I bought a different home, and we moved an hour away. And some of you know this, some of you don't. But I'm kind of filling everyone in. Also, Aaron just very recently uh, made a pretty big life purchase. Aaron, start off and tell us about that a little bit. Yeah, so my wife and I got married almost a year ago. It's uh, Our anniversary is April 30th. And um, as we were approaching that one-year marker, I had already committed that you know within a year we were going to be at least starting the process of looking for and buying a home. And back at Christmas time, my wife and I went out uh, looking for, um, uh, you know, just Christmas lights and stuff like that. We were driving around neighborhoods looking at Christmas lights that people would put up. And we happened to see this open house uh, sign for... uh, That's how they get you. And I was like, you know, this is a fairly nice neighborhood. I think it might be at least worth a look. I mean, I'm... We're not necessarily looking to buy then, but we decided, yeah, let's just go take a look. What can, what will it hurt? And so we did. And as soon as we saw the house and took a walk through, we realized, wow, we really, really like this house a lot. So I've got, got in touch with a friend of mine who uh, does real estate for a living and uh, said, hey, I need a realtor. And she said, okay, sure, no problem. Where do we go? Um, so... 
we met here at the house again and um and uh took a look at it she said let me tell you something if you don't put an offer in on this house today you will not get it even if you put an offer in today you might not get it so if you are serious about it here's what you need to do i listened to her advice i did exactly what she said and a month and a half later i owned a home (laughs) Uh, and so we spent two weeks after the purchase or after the closing of the house went through, uh, just kind of coming and getting, uh, scoping it out, you know, figuring out what we needed to buy in advance, you know, supplies and everything and things to make it ours, obviously. And, and, and of course, we went to, uh, wanted to do some cleanup and stuff like that, make sure everything was move-in ready. So we came in, we did some touch paint touch up and stuff like that, but nothing major because everything was just immaculate, perfect condition, perfect uh um just everything about it and so you know then three weeks later, we were scheduled to move, and that was now three weekends ago um and i we love it uh, we've it's a beautiful home outside and inside both. Uh, it's got a lot of room for us to be able to grow and, and start a family together and uh, really excited about it. And I'm excited because I have an entire finished basement to myself. Nice. At, to, that I'm going to turn into a bit of a little recording studio, which if you hear any echo right now, I apologize for that. But um, I'm gonna, that's something I'm going to work to improve. Cool. Um that's awesome, man. I'm really excited for you. And I didn't realize it was that quick and I don't want to call it an, an impulse buy, but you, you know, you guys, you know, took strides. I mean, you were, you were like, okay, you know, um, you were deliberate. <laughs> it's like, let's we make this We were very habit. deliberate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We really, we, we had enough in savings that we were able to apply to a down payment and still cover we decided that in order to make it happen that we were going to agree to paying the closing costs ourselves mm-hmm. rather than asking the sellers to pay them. Yeah. And that was a good decision for us because as it turns out there was an, there were several other offers on the house uh and one of which in you know was also pretty much the same amount uh that we offered, you know, maybe within a thousand bucks or whatever, but uh was pretty much the same offer but they were asking for the closing costs to be paid mm-hmm. by the sellers. And obviously we didn't do that. We our you know, little thing was, well, we wanted to keep their washer and dryer cause they were brand spanking new. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were like, well, we don't want to have to buy a washer and dryer. Can you leave those with the house? And, um, they said, yes. So we got every exactly what we wanted and, uh, we could not be happier Nice. So I, I guess in a, in a way you could say this is still mob, mobile news because we were mobile from <laughs> our previous home to our current home, which is pretty yeah. awesome. <laughs> that is pretty cool. That's awesome. That's good. You had a couple of weeks to to for the transition to take place too. That is really yes, really we, nice to do. Yeah, yeah. We we did a lot of the kind of small box kind of stuff, moving in advance as well, and 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 had that opportunity to get stuff ordered and delivered directly here rather than have to ship it to the old place and box it up and nice and and transport it again. So, yeah, it really worked out well. Cool. Well, as uh, listening to your, you know, th- your short story about that, I, I think about, I, I re- remember my experience, which is, you know, several months ago now, but it was still uh, quite contrasting, actually. <laughs> um, but one thing is that when you, when you you purchase a home you you offer them something with with the options of um or i should say uh what is not stipulations but uh pending pending approval like um we will buy your home pending the sale of our home you know like right. and so yeah. you obviously didn't have that you didn't have the burden of that and that was appealing to the people selling it which is awesome that's a good thing a valuable thing to have yeah, absolutely. Um, they um they were actually in a relocation situation, so they were looking to close as quickly as possible. Uh, and since we were approaching the end of our apartment lease, you know, within a couple months, um, and you know, also with 
not having a home to try to sell, uh, it did make it very easy for us to be very quick and responsive to it. So nice. Well, the the home we we purchased, um, well, we had been looking in a different town. Obviously, the town where my my old my daughter lives. We were hoping to move here and be more influential in her in her life, and that's. Uh, bits and pieces of that story have come up and they will continue to come up, but I'm not going to focus on that. Uh, so we is about an hour away. We were going to keep our jobs, but we wanted to find the right home and we had our, you know, our set budget and we looked in a lot of areas and we found a lot of nice houses for that budget. And then it, it was funny because my wife is really good at, at this type of stuff. She looks at all the options, look, you know, spends time at work, is looking online, all these different homes, houses to look at. And then she'll set it up with the realtor, and that's fine. And then um, I'll do more of the, um, you know, the, the boring part. And and so I just happened to be online, just barely looking. And I didn't even look at pictures. I didn't. I I looked at, let's see, I looked at proximity to the school. I looked at square footage. I looked at uh, square uh, square footage of the lot itself. I looked at the type of fuel it had or heat. And one of the really boring things, didn't even look at pictures and the price. And I think it was like price per square foot or something like that. And I saw this house. I'm like, oh, wow, well, that looks like it could be could be decent. And then I quick scrolled through some like half the photos and I saw a, a nicer garage with a not a well, not a, like a, a nice garage, but decent enough with a storage space on top, which I thought was real valuable. I'm like, oh, well, well, and I just sent my wife the link. I'm like, we definitely should at least, we owe it to ourselves to at least check this one out. And then like three weeks later, when we came down to town to go look at all these houses, several houses that we had set up with the realtor, I had totally forgot about this house. And my wife had just tacked it on the end to the realtor, said, yeah, we want to look at that one on the way out of town if we have time. Because, yeah, I guess my husband sort of sort of has an opinion too, you know, <laughs> and that's okay. Um and so it was already dark. We we just stopped by this place quick. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. So we look at it. I with a flashlight. I mean, like I walked around the yard quickly, uh, looked inside. Um, I don't even think I went to the upstairs. My wife did quickly. My daughter was with, and she just took a bunch of photos. I checked out the basement, and I was sold on the basement for, <laughs> well, for a few reasons, but uh, mostly it was kind of the you know, the price. And so we were, and this was, the price was, um, yeah, $70,000 cheaper than our budget. Um, and so obviously that <laughs> means that's uh, a huge deal. <laughs> that's a huge deal. Yeah. And, um, especially at how cheap a house is we were looking at <laughs> relatively. So this, um, and I don't remember exactly why we ended up picking it. I mean, like my wife didn't even look at it again and for some reason she was so satisfied she looked at pictures again and she had a plan and we looked at all, at all the the money part of it it's on a it's on a, a, a main road which is actually my big um things i don't ever go with i won't ever allow that except it's also it's a corner lot and so it has a, a quiet side street which and that's what the driveway is off of so very good parking off you know plenty of street parking a big driveway with a turnout and like an, um, a little hill that goes up to the house itself and whatever. It's interesting. Big yard, a couple apple trees, some berry trees or bushes, which I, they look poisonous, but I'll have to uh, investigate that. <laughs> They'll Don't get, eat them. To yeah. <laughs> so my, I will have to at least trim the, the lower branches uh, up high enough that the children can't reach them. We'll start with that. They're yep. probably not poisonous, but I'll have to find out. And that's what I children for, for testing those things. That's right. And <laughs> But this house is far from immaculate. It is almost disgusting. Um, my wife hates the color of the outside. I don't care about the color of the outside. Whatever. Um, it's a big lot. It obviously hadn't even been mowed like the previous year. Um, so the, the yard looks horrible right now. Inside has an incredibly old... Rel not really not tiny kitchen but not not big kitchen um the bathrooms need to be redone they're pretty lame 
the main the main floor, which has a uh, you know big living room, big dining room, has some some uh, nice original woodwork in there. Has some nice windows with lead glazed um, architect architecture and stuff like that. Beautiful, really old. Uh, like doorknobs and latches and stuff like that, which I just love that kind of stuff. But it had, it had, the carpet in there must have been thirty years old. It was it was horrible. They had it, um, and the way it was staged was was a you know complete opposite of most of the houses we had looked at. These the people that lived here, if anyone still lived there, I don't even think it was mostly just a storage home at that point. Um, was was very very old you know the furniture you know uh, you know faded floral prints and had, had um you know uh crocheted or what do you call it like like uh, looks like the uh <laughs> the curtains and stuff looked like they were doilies i'm trying to think of the like crocheted <laughs> or whatever yeah uh pretty pretty bad <laughs> even some of the mini blinds were just just horrendous and and whatever it was it was pretty bad this is somebody's like mother's or father's home who was elderly and probably, you know, moved out to go to a nursing home or passed away or anything like that. And you're totally dissing on their home of 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But fortunately, they, I can't possibly imagine they're someone to listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> anyway probably not <laughs> but they took good good care of the home it really had good yeah. bones you know it was straight yeah. it was it's 100 years old or 80 years old wow. or something and um had an old but powerful furnace like i mean powerful like this stuff blasts <laughs> i mean it it's not very fuel efficient but or is moderately fuel efficient had central air already put in had um, updated wiring. I mean, we could talk about all this stuff another time, but basically the point was that we had been looking at all these awesome homes, and instead we decided to get one that was not awesome but was easy for us to to fix up. Mm-hmm. Well, I should say relatively easy. <laughs> um, there's, there's, I should say simple. Simple to fix up. Yeah. Easy just takes time and effort and you know, frustration and learning things, but that's stuff that I can do. So, yeah. so far we'll talk another time about all the stuff I've done to this home. But basically the point was that everything we wanted to improve would be things that my wife and I could do ourselves, or maybe, you know, borrow um, a tile cutting saw, tile saw or something from a friend or whatever. And sure. that's, that's the goal. And it's got enough room for everybody, for the kids. Uh, it has a uh, well, the basement itself is not finished, and it has very good potential to be finished, which is something that I I can do myself, given enough time, and um, I'm looking forward to that. And someday, listener, I may be, I should be broadcasting to you from my new office, little recording studio in the basement, but it's it won't be very soon. Well, you know, just to contrast that for a moment... You know, I, I had my home. It was built in 2003, so relatively new home by the, the standards of your home. And you know, the original owners are the ones who moved out. They they were relocated for the guy's job or whatever, and he took immaculate care of this place. Which, thank God, he did because you know it's funny because already in the time that I've been here, uh, we've had to call my wife's father over to help us do simple things like I am horrible with putting or being able to hang things on the wall. And and I know that sounds ridiculous. Uh, It's something very basic that people should know how to do. And, and I felt kind of ridiculous having to call and ask for help on that. But it's funny because he came over, he's taught me how to do that stuff and, and do it well. And, and I feel like, you know, maybe I missed out on that kind of, aspects growing up in life i didn't learn those kind of handyman skills growing up but i'm I'm thankful that i have people in my life now who can can give me the help give me those skills yeah well even just later in the episode we're going to talk about my inadequacies and how i need to rely on someone else in an area i'm incredibly weak at and that's okay you know we we have things we focus on and Aaron, you do a good, I know you do a good job with what you're good at, your job. 
and you've earned that money to put into a home that you enjoy. That's okay, you know, and some people can invest the time uh, into fixing up a house and some people it's much, it's just like changing your oil. Some people are great at changing their oil. Other people, it, it's not worth it when you can just pay someone else, someone else 25 bucks to do it and not have to worry about it and that's totally fine. So, um, yeah, there's plenty of tech-related things I am horrible at and definitely have to rely on other people for. And it's a little bit embarrassing sometimes. So that was an awesome top news segment. Uh, I loved hearing about your house, Aaron. And I hope that the listeners were able to get a little bit caught up on the stuff I've been dealing with. And I do apologize again. It's been such a long time since we've had several episodes in a row. So I'm, I'm um, yeah, moving forward. One aspect... Well, two specific things that Aaron is just top-notch at, just um, two of the main reasons that he I chose for him, I asked him, and graciously he accepted to be the co-host for this show was that he's part of the uh, Windows Insider program, very deeply embedded in that. And for a very long time, he's been a very active member in the feedback um, hub, I suppose, regarding Windows and Windows Mobile and that type of thing. So I thought it would, would be an awesome idea, or maybe it was Aaron's idea. Either way, we both agree on this, that having an insider feedback item of the week is very important. Because if you're listening to this episode, to this show, the podcast, you're probably an insider and you probably have submitted feedback. And if you, if you haven't submitted feedback, you should. <laughs> and if you haven't submitted enough, you should obviously submit more. So Aaron, what's our insight insider feedback item of the episode so this week i am keeping it simple but i'm also kind of being a little self-serving because this happens to be one of my own feedback links um although i promise in the future i want to be able to just you know go through the feedback hub and pick out good feedback or things that i feel are really good feedback links Uh, but tonight i'm going to be a little uh, self-serving and choose one of my own and that item is that I would right now if you if you click on the Wi-Fi icon network icon down at the bottom on the ta- lower right taskbar what they always have called the uh, system tray you get this nice little flyout and it's got uh, active Wi-Fi networks and you click on them and you can connect to them and and all of that right so but unfortunately next to that Every and, and unfortunately, it comes back every single time you update from build to build, which drives me nuts. But that's another topic. The Bluetooth icon is what I'm referring to, though. When you click on the Bluetooth icon, it's the old school legacy pop up menu with you know launches into the old classic Bluetooth uh, um, control panel stuff, and it just drives me nuts that here as we go into you know our now i think second or third year of windows 10 development that they've not given that any love and so my feedback is i would like to see them replace that legacy menu with a bluetooth device flyout that works just like the wi-fi flyout when you click on that bluetooth icon i want it to bring up this uh, pop-up that shows you connected Bluetooth devices and allows you to pair new Bluetooth devices just like if you were connecting to a Wi-Fi network. Um, so that's my feedback link. Uh, and I will make sure that a link to that feedback item gets posted with the uh, blog post about this uh, so that people can click on it and hopefully upvote. Nice. Very good. Um Cool. Well, we're going to move forward to the personal media picks. And we have modified this a little bit. Some of um, an awesome contribu- a contribution from Aaron in here. But let's, um, as far as a new um, category. But first of all, Aaron, tell us uh, what's your app pick of the episode? Uh, my app pick uh, this week is going to be Sling TV. Um, and I'm choosing that one because they have recently updated it on the Xbox One. Um, but it is a universal app, quote-unquote, uh, that's on Xbox and PC at this point. 
and also there was recent news about it. Uh, Sling TV has entered into a partnership agreement with Microsoft in which it is going to be one of the new bundled apps for Windows 10 clean installs. Or, you know, if you buy a new PC, when you first log in for the first time, it's going to have the Sling TV icon visible where you can install it and be able to sign up for Sling TV. Um, and it is it, it's it started out as a service that I liked the concept of, but didn't actually like the service itself. Um, it was very clunky to use, and um, it just wasn't very reliable. And that was about a year and a half ago when I first tried it out, and I gave them lots of feedback. In fact, the I think it's either the COO or the CIO um, of the company reached out to me based on some feedback and said, you know, well, what, what would you like to see us do with these, with our app and service? And so I gave him some very honest feedback. I'd like to see a windows 10 app that's, you know, native, not just a legacy desktop app that is not high deep, high resolution scaled and all that. And so I said, uh, you know, I want to see this, this, and I want to see the streaming reliability improve. And he said, well, we're, we hear that a lot and we're working on it. Well, over the past year, they've done exactly that. It's now one of it, the streaming reliability on it now is night and day difference from when I first tried it. I can turn it on and I can watch an entire show without even a single moment of buffering, which is fantastic. So uh, that's my pick of the week now uh, because of the news and the partnership and because of just how much they've improved it. Nice. Well, since we have additional um, categories for app for our personal media picks, and it used to be we'd have app, music, and podcast picks, we're adding to it, and so we're not going to double up. I'm not going to give an app pick. Uh, Aaron's going to share our music pick of the episode. Uh, my music pick this week is uh, I'm going to go a little old school. I am a rock and roll kind of guy. Um, and I'm going to go a little old school with some music that uh, my dad and I used to listen to when I was growing up as a kid, all of five or six years old. And that's Twisted Sister. Uh, you know, classics like I Want to Rock and uh, We're Not Going to Take It Anymore. And those are two of my favorite songs of all time. And. Um, I, I don't know why, what prompted me to kind of look them up and listen to them this weekend, but I did, and I had, as I was putting stuff together here at the house, I had my own little uh, rock concert, hmm. so. Nice. Well, one of the categories we're adding is a book pick. Now, in the past, a book would have been relatively old technology, but for the most part, um, people could listen to, or they can <laughs> consume books in many ways, and th- that includes... Uh, you know, Audible or, you know, whatever, audiobooks. And, of course, Aaron's this is Aaron's contribution, the idea to have this category, and especially because Microsoft now does have a, well, I guess, what is it called? The bookstore? <laughs> that sounds uh, horrible. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I don't think they really call it anything other than just the, you know, the Windows Store, and uh, there's a books category now. So mm-hmm. I guess well, the bookstore it is. Yeah. Well, my pick, my book pick of the episode is The Five Love Languages. i got to grab it here. The Five Love Languages, um, of course, it's How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. It's by Gary Chapman. And the book has been out, I don't know, several years now. It, it is a New York Times bestseller. It does have a, uh, a, a Christ, it comes from a Christian standpoint, except, you know, it's not, I wouldn't call it a Christian book, but it, um, it, it's, it's very good that way. And it's been something that's really helped me understand how my wife and I are different. We're different in many ways, but it also helps us understand the the other the other one and how we can cater to them better and we can speak their language better. And it also has to do, you know, um, there's the ways to relate to your children, obviously, or even your parents or whatever. The people you, you care about in your life they have probably have a different love language than you do. So that's very important to go through that. It really helps uh, relationally, whether you're doing what you would call well or less well in a, in a close relationship, this can always help you. And I'm actually reading it, the straight up paperback book. My mother gave it to me. It's pretty good. 
I'm going to do the film or slash TV uh, pick of the episode, and that is a new category, of course. And two things. This show is shifting a little bit. We're not focusing entirely on mobile. We're not focus, focusing so much on the, the day-to-day news. It's um, This is a really bad characterization, but it's leaning slightly more towards a variety show. I, I I, I wish I could take those words back. Like there's a <laughs> there's a different there's a better t- description, but we as consumers consume this type of stuff, and so film and TV is something we we definitely consume, whether it's just straight off a of cable or we go to a film a theater, but or more likely we're going to get it right off the Microsoft Store uh, and consume it you know stream it that way. My pick for this uh, episode is. Well, I was going to share Logan, which is a fantastic film, but everyone knows that. And, um, it, yeah, I don't need to give it any any more praise than it needs, than it has. But I saw The Accountant lately, a couple years old now, I think, by uh, with Ben Affleck, of course, and um, Anna Kendrick is in it, and J.K. Simmons, John Bernthal, he's the dude from, you know, from Walking Dead, uh, Jeffrey Tambor, and, well, John Lithgow is in it. And it's, it's really, it's so good. Like, obviously, I'm, I'm recommending it. But it is, I guess, what you would call a thriller. It's a little bit like a spy thriller in a way. You know, it's, it, you know, a little bit like that. It's also a, a character, um, character, it's very character driven. You really do get sucked into the characters. Ben Affleck actually does incredible, and it almost pains me to say that. But he uh, did a great job in this. J.K. Simmons is always good. And then um, just the the combination, the storyline, there are some really good twists in here. There are some things you're not expecting. And not that I'm an incredible film uh, person, I guess, whatever that is, but I do tend to kind of predict pretty much every main part of almost every film that I see. And this one threw me off. And it wasn't like just mind-blowing, it's just, why did I not think of that? Oh, of course that makes sense that that ties together. And so just for many reasons, this is a good film to see. The Accountant, uh, of course, Ben Affleck is the lead in that. Very, very good. And, of course, our last one, the podcast pick of the episode. It's been a while since we've had a podcast pick of the episodes because we haven't had a podcast episode in a while. And so in this case, I'm going to recommend the MS Mobile Show. Listeners, if you're listening, which you are, Maybe someone else would like to listen too. So if you rec- if you like this show, make take a make an effort if you would like, and share it with someone who would find value in it. And uh, it's gonna actually do much. It's, that's gonna be much more powerful than just submitting a review on iTunes. Although you're certainly welcome to do that. But to me, I find the most value. I I Aaron, if you tell me. Vern, this thing is fantastic. You got to try this. Check it out. I think you're going to enjoy it. I'm much more likely to do it than for me browsing around and looking for high, you know, rated reviews off of, well, anywhere. So if you like the MS Mobile Show, take a moment and let other people know about it. Aaron, we're just about done, man. This has been a fun episode, to say the least. And we're getting almost up on an hour here. So listeners, thanks for joining us. Uh, if you want to continue the conversation with us, you can follow us on Twitter, uh, of course, MS Mobile Show. You can follow Aaron, our new co-host at Good Things to Life. And if you feel the need to communicate more formally with us, you can email the show at contact at msmobileshow.com. Um, I suppose I'm on Twitter at Vernon EL. I missed that part. I do not want to forget our sponsor of the episode. A great big thanks to the sponsor. And our sponsor of the episode is Gage Castillo. He has been incredibly helpful to me in the transition. As I, as I transition the site over to a new service, as I change things around with the domain, I'm really bad at that kind of stuff. And I was very, very fortunate to have Kevin Harvell help me with that stuff for a long time, or basically did it all for me for a long time. And as you heard last episode, uh, he's moved on to bigger things, and uh, I'm taking uh, taking on this by myself. It's a great learning experience for me, but Gage has been just fantastic helping me with that type of stuff. If you think you need help with that type of thing and that Gage could help you, give him a, reach out and uh, contact him at gagecastillo.com. 
and make sure you say, you say that you heard about him on the MS Mobile Show. That's <laughs> that's it for this episode, everyone. Take care, everybody, and have a great week and stay mobile. Thank you.